Welcome to the Building Science Podcast. Welcome to this. Okay. Oh, welcome to the Building Science. To the Building Science Podcast. Podcast. Welcome to the Building Science Podcast. Bringing the human factor to architecture and design. Brought to you by Positive Energy in Austin, Texas. Okay, hello and welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Building Science Podcast. I'm here as always with my sidekick and friend, Miguel. Hello, I'm Miguel. <laughs> Trained to be a ma- mannequin today. I am also here with Grayson Corbett Lunsford. They are the creators and hosts of the Home Diagnosis TV series. And we are going to be talking about building science, taking it to the streets, taking it to, to, <laughs> to screens near you. Um, Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm really glad to have you here. So would you mind, I guess that we can just start right out. Like, um, how did you end up doing what you're doing? And uh, I'll take it with that question. How did you end up doing a TV series? What were the, the oh my causes for that? Well, it, it, the recipe for ending up where we are is you go to music school if you're a man. You go to music <laughs> theater school if you're a woman. And then you meet when she's about to graduate from college. Uh, no. I mean, a short story. I used to be a musician. Grace is an actress. Uh-huh. And I decided to leave music because it was I wanted to do something more serious with my life. Yes. And we got a message from the universe that this, you know, that hers rating was a thing that maybe I should go get certified in. And um, and then now I'm not hers certified. I am not BPI certified uh, anymore. <laughs> We're we've kind of gone completely off the reservation well- in our. I, I mean, I think you went all the way. Like, literally, you had all the certifications. You were testing. You were certifying other people. <laughs> I used to have a vest. Right. You, you could see me yeah, wearing this vest in videos on YouTube. I remember like your famous vest. Yeah. Thank you. That was, uh, that was my design call. Um, you were the CAS testing guru. Yeah. Combust- that's combustion appliance zone for well, those of you listening. You know, and and that's, that, that's great that you actually say that you remember that on YouTube because that's kind of one of the – reasons we have a TV show in a lot of ways is because as an actress, I started making my own content and I had the camera and Corbett was going around and training with people. And then these dog and pony shows would kind of come in and train up. Remember with the weatherization and the aura funding, and then people oh, weren't yeah. having like there were no mentors and there was no follow up and, and there was barely a conference a year. And I, I went to some of those early on with Corbett and I was like, you got to put this stuff on YouTube and just start sharing it. That's it. Like that's our calling. Yeah. I remember being on the phone tech support with like, you know, energy conservatory and being like, how does this cast you're describing this, this draft testing of a water heater. And I don't understand what we're talking about. And then he's like trying to paint the picture in words. And so we were just both like, you, you gotta see this stuff to understand mm-hmm. what it is. It's like describing a blower door to somebody and seeing a blower door test are two completely different things. Right here, here. Yeah. And I think, so that's where I met you, Corbett, back in the day. Um, Mm -hmm. I was also big into the ResNet universe and um, really appreciate that. I mean, it it was an eye-opening experience. And the eyes that were opened were the ones that could see the unrealized upside in our homes and how we treat them as, frankly, as highly relational situations. You know, mammals find um, security through relational belonging. And we want to be like, I want to be like my neighbors. I want to make sure my neighbors think I'm great. And that means we like nice stuff. We like to show off. But fundamentally, what we like about our homes is not the qualities that our bodies necessarily appreciate about our homes. Well, you know, is it that or you're a scientist, so you would get this. Is it that we just haven't named the Mm. qualities? 
Mm. Right. So if you don't have a way to describe the universe, it's like Lord Kelvin, you know, this is like the front of our book. Right. Uh, you know, if you, once you can describe something, then you have a way of starting to manipulate it is basically the, the paraphrase of that. But like, if you can't even begin to describe it or quantify what it is you're talking about, then we're lost. Right. And, and the, I mean, there's a question I'll pose to you. Can your mom tell her neighbor what, what it is that you do? <laughs> We've just had this conversation for the nth time where N is large and no, she got it wrong. She gets it completely right. wrong. Right. And, and that's, that's the thing is, is we are literally now trying to give the general public a language to discuss mm-hmm. this, to understand this. And it really, it has to not just be a verbal or a written language, but it needs to be a visual language too. Yeah. Yeah. We like nice stuff. Right. We, as a society, that's one of our strategies is we get nice stuff. We surround ourselves with it. And yet there you are in your room. I can see them on the podcast here, you guys. <laughs> and what are you actually in? You're in the air that's in that room. And is it nice air or is it normal residential air? Hmm. You know, what's crazy. I just learned this actually. So number one, we drink, you know, eight cups of water a day, if, like actual glasses of water. Right. But you breathe 2000 glasses of air a day. But what comes through your skin is actually exponentially higher than the amount of contaminants that might enter your body through your lungs. Isn't that Lovely. fascinating? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, there's so much to be afraid of and that's what, you know, there's, <laughs> we're trying to, to balance just like you do, uh, the, the line between sex appeal and exciting people and fear and activating their lizard brain and just making sure that they know that like they might be hurting their kids without realizing right. it, which is just as bad as realizing it Right. But right. in the end, you know, yeah, we know that transdermal nicotine patches work. They deliver nicotine to our mm-hmm. bloodstream. So, of course, your phthalates are going in through there. And that's actually a good segue into Home Chem, right? That was what an awesome project. Let's like give a round of applause to the Sloan Foundation yes. <laughs> and whoever, whoever made that happen. Yes. Um, are you still involved with Sloan? Are you still involved with Home Chem? Sloan, yes, the the woman whose name is Paula, who oh, right. There's the brought next us in, mm-hmm. yeah, at, at Sloan, then um, came on as a sponsor of the second season of the show. So they are actually the top tier sponsor of the second season, which is a crash course in all of building science. Mm-hmm. And we call building science physics, chemistry, and microbiology. By the way, for those of you who are Hers Raiders listening to this, it's the world is so much bigger than oh, they my teach goodness. you. It's not. It's not just that it's bigger than energy efficiency. It's bigger than physics. Um, and the, frankly, the chemistry and microbiology to me is what is fueling my interest right. in it's continuing a, to work. In it's this exploding field. our brains for sure. So dig into that. Talk, talk to me about so, indoor microbiology. Okay. So essentially, so home chem stands for house observations of microbial and environmental chemistry. They're doing a second iteration of this in, uh, DC right. right now, I may be going to that next week called CASA. I, I'm not sure what that stands for, but essentially what they were trying to do is quantify on a really insanely OCD scale mm-hmm. with four and a half million dollars of chemistry equipment that Christoph knows a lot better how it works than I do, but things like mass spectrometers, gas chromatographs, lasers. Um, and they surrounded this double wide trailer with all of this expensive and amazing equipment with 63 researchers running it from all these different universities. And then they did a month of layered and sequential testing so that they could find out what happens when we cook, clean, and occupy spaces. And it turns out that there was not, you know, obviously you have these 
primary byproducts that happen, which is the chemical reactions. When you cook, you're creating chemical reactions. All kinds of things are coming off of that. Then you open a window after you clean with like a spray product and ozone comes in and it reacts with stuff and that creates hydroxyl radical and that reacts with stuff. And then you get this family tree essentially forming and all of these, these amazing side effects that happen in literally milliseconds. Mm -hmm. And that is why, by the way, just to jump to an immediate recommendation, things that are electronic air cleaners, Mm are not a good idea. Even when the manufacturer says that they don't create ozone, (laughs) what they're doing is testing for ozone some amount of space away from the creation of it. And by the time anything would have gotten to that sensor, the ozone has reacted away. That's how reactive it is. So it's gone from the air. It's transformed into something else by the time you're measuring it. And so those little, like the the tiny things matter so much more when we're talking about uh, chemistry and microbiology. And think, you know, things like you, every breath you take, you encounter a thousand species. Mm-hmm. Every drink of water you take out of a well, you encounter thousands of species. Like we are planets. There's more cells on my body and in my body that are non-human than the human stuff. And yeah. it's it's crazy. We're just, you know, it, it's amazing that we can even <laughs> that we're even know here. that we're even here, <laughs> that, right? In, in some ways, it, it really, uh, yeah. I, I think the last two years has been a wonderful moment of humbling um, us to remember just how complicated these viruses and and microbes and fascinatingly smart they are. Uh, They're so clever. They're so, so clever. And it's hard to keep up. Um, and we've only scratched the surface on a lot of this stuff. So that's why also we we just feel like our brains are exploding, um, especially because in the home world, those electronic cleaners, UV lights, things, things that actively create chemistry. And we're not really sure. We think it's going to do this. So we just lean into that marketing wise so that we can sell the product and and what else is happening. And the research is not there and the studies are not there. And, you know, it's just like, so, yeah. so, so to sum up, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. The, the journey that we've basically been on is we got into this through the door that most people come into this field through, which is energy efficiency. Um, and then we kind of transformed into trying to just help people with what we used to call home performance, right? By tuning, whatever it is. Cause like people don't call us asking for energy efficiency. They call yeah. us because they have specific problems. So, but now we describe what we do as, uh, exploring the science of homes, mm-hmm. And it, it can, so our third season is going to be all about disaster. So we're going to explore hurricanes, earthquakes, uh, adding too much insulation, having third hand smoke, yeah, outdoor mm. pollution, uh, spray foam, actual chemistry of when when it's made, all these different things that are kind of like maybe beside the point if you were looking at a typical home show network. But to us, it's all the nooks and crannies that just if the goal is to explode people's brains and to get them to think about systems which I think is what this country needs more than maybe anything right now, mm-hmm. then that's basically, here, here. And if we get that, then that's the only thing that matters to us. Yeah. Yeah. To underscore a couple of those things. Um, there's so many actually, uh, one is uh, CASA, by the way, the, the next Sloan foundation, it's, it's chemical assessments of surfaces and air and mm-hmm. uh, the surfaces are humongous. Like, you know, your right. carpet, every fiber is plenty of surface, but um, I'm in Texas and there are people down here that even though I'm in my uh, 50s now, they say, son, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. And one of the things that they tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about is 
maybe because Texas is truly vast, they say, how on earth could something as small as a human impact something as large as the planet, right? And then you can, there's this beautiful kind of, it's like math and poetry combined. The COVID virion is around 10 to the 20th smaller than the human body. And the human body is about 10 to the 20th smaller than the planet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, if the COVID virion can affect global society, in fact, it, it affects planetary ecosystems when we stop, you know, driving right. our cars. So this whole thing about scales is just so uh, missing the point that you are a planet. You are a microbial symbiote. You are trillions of living beings living in a symbiosis. You are also living among billions of living beings, mm-hmm. um, trillions if you include non-human living as a system of systems, right? Which is then a beautiful tie back into building science, which is systems theory. And this kind of gets back into the TV show too, because um, so I'm a building science consultant and engineer, and I recognize that we are not constrained in terms of the upside of our homes at all by lack of technology. What we're constrained by is the lack of proper social science that has unlocked use of existing technologies, Mm -hmm. which is why, frankly, one of the main reasons I wanted to talk with you, because what we need is is going directly to the public in, as you said, I don't know exactly what you said, but a language they can understand. You had yeah. some other metaphor for it. Uh, well, uh, yes, a language, a visual and um, audio language for them mm-hmm. to. And, and I think that we, about. you know, we spent a fair amount of time training professionals which is a top-down thing, right? So if you can like reach out to architects, get them to specify these things in their buildings that they're designing, and then force the builders to put those in, that, that's, so that's all top-down pyramid, you know, top of the pyramid down. And teach the realtors why those are there, I why know, they're right? important. And like, frankly, I'm sorry, but that does not work. Uh, keep trying, keep trying, <laughs> keep everybody. Trying. This, this is great conversation, but... Green the MLS. Right, yeah, exactly, which is, you know... And and we've we've been you you and I we've been there about this for yeah. Yeah, for years, and so to us it kind of occurred to us that the actual boss mm-hmm. of this entire game is not contractors, it's not architects. Not the All realtor. of us work for one person, which is the actual person who's going to live in that house. When, if we're talking about home ownership, if we're talking about multifamily rental situations, that's going to be a big topic as far as getting equity involved in season three, because there's horrible things being done to poor renters yes. um, that is, has racial undertones and all kinds of different things. But like, Absolutely. If we're talking about, you know, just the, the classic building science thing of just like the single homeowners family in home. a single family home, right. which is admittedly very limited. Um, the boss of that whole game is if we could piss off a, a bunch of millionaires by telling them that Habitat for Humanity builds scientifically superior houses than the things that they live in. And we can prove it with testing and then just walk away. And then they all start talking to each other and saying, how is that possible? When, you know, I paid my builder, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, that's, that's the, the second problem, by the way, is when somebody, and I have clients like this, who um, contact me because they just signed a contract on the house, put on their down payment with a production builder. And then they find Matt Reisinger's channel and our channel and they start binge watching. And it's like, okay, stop. Please, because there is no way you cannot have that because what we're describing needs professionals who need to, you know, who know how to deliver this stuff, which is a top down. So it's both. It needs to be top down and bottom up. But if to us, if we can just get the homeowners to be demanding this stuff and asking questions that make professionals very intimidated, then that will start to move the needle. 
I absolutely agree with that. I mean, the demand side, so it's supply versus demand. And, and fundamentally, I don't know if you guys remember, but the passive house, like the big paradigm, sh paradigm shift that didn't happen in Germany, it happened in Saskatchewan, was they were in the 70s, they were like, oh, I need trom walls and, you know, absorbing sunshine to heat. Oh, that's not going to work in Saskatchewan. Wait a minute. What if I super insulate my enclosure and I just don't let the heat that I already have leak out? That was, it's similar to what you're saying. It was like demand. We looked at it from demand. How much heat do I not need if I can make a better enclosure? And in a similar way, and this is where it gets into like human psychology is what motivates the average homeowner. I mean, also a renter, but yeah, what motivates most mammals, in fact, is this sense of relational safety, relational belonging. So, you know, what I want to do to be happy, and I admit it, is like, I want to feel comfortable in my peer group, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to do relational signaling, you know, I, I do drive a Chevy Bolt, I drive an EV, I'm about to get solar panels on my house, right? So those are things, oh, you could say, well, that's just your right brain, or maybe it's your left, right? You're rational, and you're thinking about saving energy. No, 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 I'm communicating relational signaling there, I'm, I'm trying to be safe. And so I really agree with you completely that getting people to ask the right questions, getting people to say, wow, the, you know, that HEPA filter you have, that's awesome. I love that ERV. Oh my gosh, the latent recovery efficiency of those Zender Qs are amazing. <laughs> you know, instead of like well, whatever else we geek out about. Mm -hmm, I mean, but, but products aside, again, it's... it's That was an unpaid sponsorship, by the way. <laughs> I, I'm not taking money from Zender. No, <laughs> in the storytelling of home diagnosis, we are adamant that there is no silver bullet. In the big reveal where we show our house at the end and all the things that we have done in our house, we say, guess what? Our house is probably not going to work for you. You are unique. You uniquely live in your own home where your, your own home is in your climate. Exactly. With yeah. different materials. Everything is unique. And, and and while it is a system, you should think about the how it all reacts and interacts with itself. And so... You know, we try to we try to bring that storytelling into back to the homeowner so that they uniquely think about their home and their family and how they're occupying their space because all of that matters. And also, they do not have to learn how to nerd out the way that we all can do. If we get right, into a room together, we do the echo chamber of like the you know vapor diffusion and blah blah blah. The, it, we're, we're, there's like, you know, the um, relational safety is what you called it. I also think that putting solar panels in your house and driving a, an electric bolt is also trying to signal sex. Like I, I have sex with people. <laughs> I'm awesome. Look at me. Right. And so we do things like that too. In our house, we have cats, which means we have a litter box. And in order to come into our house, you have to walk past our litter box. And our house is so freaking awesome that it is impossible physically for you to smell our litter box. Unless I've got it like open and cleaning right under your face. Yeah, but essentially you know, it's like- it's, So you've depressurized that area. Somehow. Exactly. And the technical details aside, if you just, if you have that ability, you don't even have to know how it works. You could just have a consultant who helped you understand, handed it off to an HVAC professional who knows how to, you know, imbalance pressures on purpose. And then it just happens. And it's, it's it looks like magic. It's like, how yeah. did this, you know what I mean? So we had, you know, we built this tiny house on wheels and toured around the country. And we'd have people who were deathly allergic to cats, reportedly, spend 10 minutes in our house and then look down and go, <gasps> there's cats in here. <laughs> how is this possible? And we're yeah. like, see, it's, it's control. just, you don't even have to be yeah. a nerd. You could just like love it because it's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, we did a um, a cat castle. It was called. It was like a castle themed house, and the people up near Dallas had like forty cats. And uh, oh. same thing, they had seven seven litter box closets, and can't smell any of them. Hey, can uh, you can you introduce us? Because we're we're coming to shoot, and that's something that we'd like to shoot. It's been it's been a few years. Yeah, I'm sure their name's still in my email. Um, Great. We can do a whole episode on that. Let's do it. <laughs> So I, I just want to circle back and then I know where I want to take this. And, and there are the questions that we've shared. We haven't gone to them yet. But the uh, active systems that you were talking about, like photocatalytic oxidation, UV, plasma, anything spraying, that's positive, no bipolar, you know, sure, ionization. Spraying hydrogen peroxide or hydroxyl. Yeah. Uh, the no net benefit idea, like people don't get it. They're like, oh, look, I, I read the cherry picked data. Um, it's, you know, it's really great. And it's like, no, no, that is so simplified it is like a facile understanding of what's going on right yeah and, and you know it that's been a really frustrating thing for us especially with through the pandemic and having school aged children yeah and being in these schools where ventilation like just let's put a big uh, uh, what we call the comparetto a big filter box in each room just to keep that air clean and it's that simple. It's that simple. And yet sometimes it's hard to even get a school to take it. You know, the the top down, the departments of education, et cetera, they keep saying that things are better one way or the other. And it's yeah. just really frustrating when it's actually something as simple as filtering the air. Let's just filter the well, air. Well, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's just a one-sided equation. Everybody likes to look at like, okay, somebody who's a rich, there are these, you know, few white men who are billionaires in this country and everybody knows their names. And you just focus on like, oh, they're, they must be good or smart or whatever because of, and you look at the one thing, but like the other side of the equation is those people are that way because, you know, I mean, from my perspective, they're more willing to step on other people to get what they want. They just want it better than, than other people. And so it's like, yeah, you can you can do the good stuff, but then like you now got to look at the other side of the equation. So anything that says it's going to do something is also doing other things. So we just need to be able to predict and predict, you know prevent what those are. Love it. Yeah. Sometime have me on your show. We'll talk about energy and we'll talk about real wealth and uh, exergy mm. and things like that. It all ties together. I mean, we're all essentially all everything is happening right now. The electronics throwing flowing through the food that we're digesting, all of it is coming from planetary ecosystems, right? So all real wealth on the planet comes from planetary ecosystems. And there's actually a way to quantify that and to figure out how to use these systems best. And it's so elegant, so badass. Could you, here's, here's one of the tricky questions, a little pop quiz moment. Like what motivates you? Like what, what is it that you aspire to with what you're doing with this home diagnosis TV series? Well, I think that you could safely say that money is not our main motivator. <laughs> our, our accountant, when we ran a company that had multiple employees and we were just doing building science consulting for people, he would sit down with us and be like, you know why the IRS is auditing you like every year is because anybody who's normal looks at your balance sheet and they're like, no one would do this. They're obviously selling drugs on the side. Right. They're money laundering. Because, yeah. They keep doing this every year. They, they make money and then they spend it on like trying to move this needle further. And it's just, it seems really dumb to all the rest of us. But we got to tour around the country and a tiny house on wheels completely paid for and supported by people who dig what we do. And that's awesome. That is that, right and, here. Yeah. I mean, I think that probably uh, what really motivates us, if we're honest, is doing things that no one um, can give us advice on. 
<laughs> because we don't I think we like to be um doing our own thing we're, so we, we're, we yeah, keep we're picking things pioneers. that are like you can't ask like oh how did you do this because it's like nobody's really done that kind of, like I to be giving an example I edit the tv show that what's what's out airing right now I am not trained as a film editor but I you know have picked it up and like <laughs> I, I, I want to be able to do it and then we also you know yeah so the we, anything we can do yeah the technology also gets better too which helps us I I think we're both really clever people who were pushed, you know, to excel uh, as children. And we just kind of didn't stop uh, on that path. And so also Corbett and I are kind of like the all nighter people who will just procrastinate with a million other projects and then somehow get it all done at the last minute. And that I do think is starting to catch up with us, especially now having three, <laughs> three kids, kids and yeah. sleep deprivation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say for sure, you might see us starting to uh, take a step back and well, trying also, to breathe. And, and we'll if see. we're being honest, it's also that we we are, live a life of privilege. Like the worst yeah. case scenario for us is that we go bankrupt and then we end up living in you know one of our family's very nice houses uh, and being taken care of, which yeah. is not you know. We're, we're, we're able to have the freedom to just do things that are kind of picky. It's true. It's true. I think for both of us, to whom much is given, much is required is yeah. something that we just really live by. And then, yeah, we do That's have that incredible, incredible place of not being afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. Because if we fail, as Corbett said, we have an amazing cushion, which is we've got very supportive family. And, and even, even then we just are like, you know, we'll do something else. There's it's that. so important. Yeah. So that's yeah. the ultimate resilience is recognizing. I mean, frankly, you, you, you've got some uh, ego strength there. You've said like, no, no, my ego is not about being successful in doing this one thing. My ego is about expressing my, my human caring through my whole life, regardless of what that means. Yeah. That's, that's what it mm -hmm. means for us. In fact, we incorporate that into the TV show with myself, um, we have a corner, as we call it, Grace's Corner. It's not labeled that on the TV show. It's not like boo, 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 and Grace's Corner. <laughs> um, but you, you'll, you'll see it in every single episode where we bring it back to family. We bring it back to caring for the world, caring for yourself, and like getting back to the heart of the matter. In fact, when we first started selling this show, just to kind of go back to your original question of how we got here. Um, yeah. We, being in the acting and film world, I had some producer friends who thought we would be really neat green show material back when green was a thing. And we talked with HGTV and a couple of different companies and they could not understand it because every show out there is either heart or it's head. Okay. The way they define it. Yes. Mm. That's how, and, and our show brought both of those things. So they didn't know how to market it. They didn't know what to do. They did And they're like, how can your audience be everyone? And you'd think that's like not a bad problem to have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they, it, they needed things to fit in a box and we didn't fit in a box because we bring the head and the heart to the show. Well said. I love it. So, um, yeah, I think that listening to you now, it, it's hard to remember that you're both rooted or maybe more so Corbett than you, Grace, in building science principles, in understanding a home as a, a system of systems. Um, 
yeah. like when you develop the content for the show, please, uh, you probably oh, no, know I'm just to clarify that our roles are basically, yeah, I'm the technical side and then Grace is the translator for, you know, so, and, and even when we're both good at both of them, we kind of play those characters where like, I'll do something that's a little bit more nerdy. And then Grace will say, okay, basically what he's saying is. Ah, so that, so it plays off very well with each other. Yeah. yeah. So do you have like a advisory group? How do you develop uh, the technical side of the content? Mm, thank you for asking. That's actually one of the things that we're solving in season three. In, in season one, um, we didn't have any money. We had like $8,500 to make this and, and a camera that we had bought ourselves. <laughs> oh, and then HP gave us a second camera because yeah, yeah, right. so I had, had been a filmmaker for them on another oh my project. Goodness. So we had a, com- yeah. a filmmaking computer. We had two cameras. We had $8,500 from BPI. And, and a tiny house on wheels and a baby. Oh, BPI was the original. And he had a tiny Yeah, house right. I mean, $8,500 is, is not, that's no. not a real thing. So then we ended up having to raise money for that, which I raise all the money for our show myself. Um, which I think is is the only way that it can work now that I understand what how that all that works. But um, but we were we would like pull up to a house, we'd be on tour every day. We would have to do you know an open house tour from five to six on Saturdays was our big day where we'd do like a homeowner presentation and then a contractor presentation, and we would pick a day like Tuesday. So we'd pull into town on Sunday, we'd set up the tiny house, spend the night. Next day, we would do some meetings with local press or whatever, and then we'd do an open house. And then on Tuesday morning, we would wake up real early, go out to this house that we'd never seen before, meet these homeowners um, who had been kind of like, you know, connected with us through this, the local contractor. And then we would test the house, figure out what the story was with this house, uh, and then film an entire episode in the before we, we had to rush back to the tiny house to do the open house that day. Yeah, and, and we have a baby, <laughs> by the way, in this in this mix. And so, yeah, it was like I, I, I hated it so much. I hated that. <laughs> um, and I've, I've warned Grace, please give us more time than what we had in season one, because like we're back to now shooting ourselves um, in season three. Season two, I was the technical uh, director of the entire thing, which well, is, and- which is both fun. L- let me just finish mm-hmm. this because this is, this was really important to me. It was very heart, um, heartachy. And also it makes me proud that we built what we did, but like I would be, we'd have these, this film crew that costs $10,000 a day. Oh my goodness. I know how much per minute that is. So I am in a big hurry and I'm also having to craft the story. We ad lib a lot of the stuff that we do in the show. So I would be like, okay, you guys come over here, set up the lights. I want to talk about this. And then we would like, my here's my idea. And then we would just do it. There was literally no one, Kristoff, to say, hmm, I don't think you should do that. Like whatever I, idea I had technically and whatever science I wanted to steer us towards, Grace, you know, it is... She is technical, but she's definitely not on the same level as far as the the um, research stuff. Right. And so it would just like whatever I said is what went. And and so that was very stressful. Season three, we do have what you were suggesting, which is a science advisory board. So a lot of the chemists that worked in home chem that now are now, you know, in this, the show season two yeah. are on our science advisory board. So we tell them everything we're planning on doing. And they say they shoot holes on it is the idea. And And it's interesting how we got to this because – there was a global pandemic that happened right in the middle of shooting season two. So we couldn't go into people's houses and film anymore. The current plan that we had with the TV show had to be totally rethought. How do we work with the existing footage that we have and tell this story? And so we just went deeper into our own home build and it, that was going to always be a little bit of a through line, but then it became the storyline. 
and we needed more experts. So we started talking and getting these um, scientists and experts on Zoom interviews with us. And so we incorporated those into the TV show. Mm-hmm. And that's that really became the place where we developed more of a friendship and relationship and was able to reflect on how much we need them to help to continue to tell the story because we're all, we would just be in an echo chamber after <laughs> so long and and also it just would become too lonely you yeah. know in a lot of ways i think one of the things that is going to keep this show going and that is a strength in season two and what we're about to do in season three is that we are learning along with the audience so we're nice. not there to just teach what we know which is what you know you and i have been through lots of classes like that where some expert that everybody knows their name gets up and says what they've said a million times before in a keynote address or whatever with or without profanity um it's like (laughs) it's only amusing for so long and we want to be exploring we want to be literally on the frontier of how this stuff is going and be finding it out as the audience finds it out too yeah and that to me is just so much more true and also fun Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah i mean personally or professionally i guess they're they're co-joined um the ender microbiome is what it's all about for me it's you know everything else affects that right i mean i right so it's interesting, right, right around that same time you guys were filming, I guess, season one and home cam was kind of lurking. Uh, you know, I was pretty tight with Rich Corsi and some other people and was really learning about all these ideas of chemical exposures and indoor environments. And But then the engineering side of the company kind of really wanted to roar to life, wanted to be born. And I swam underwater for several years trying to develop that. And I always thought, oh, I want to get back and do more education and advocacy about this work. Um, so I'm so thrilled, really, and a little bit like, oh, and I wanted to talk about that when I saw you guys talking about it. But um, we're implementing it, right? So we're implementers. Yeah. So like when you're, when you're, frankly, I don't know, this just sounds self-serving, but like when someone watches your show and says, well, who, who would design that for me? It's like, well, we do enclosure design, mechanical design, resilient system design, you know, indoor air quality systems. Yes. So we need please, that piece too. Please, everyone who just heard what Christoph said. <laughs> Use the show to sell yourself. That is what this show is for. Somebody All right. Can, somebody they should call Positive Energy after watching your show. And whoever is local, and I swear to God, everybody thinks that it's better in some other place in the country or other place in the world. If you are the only person, like if you are listening to this, you are the only person in your town that can possibly rescue the homeowners. Uh, there is, I've lived in two major metro areas, Chicago and Atlanta, and there is virtually no one who can actually deliver what we're talking about. And it's because we're just all kind of like competing on price for the most part. And, 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 and I will just reiterate again, how many households are in each of those markets? How many households are in each of those markets? There is no, there is no competition because if nobody knows what's going on, there is no competition. And so (laughs) it really needs to be a rising tide lifts all boats. And so we really hope that home diagnosis can be that tide. Yeah. So all the boats, come on, let's show it off. So, you know, we've already talked about how you kind of give up hope of fruition in some ways. You just live your life, live your values, but you probably have some like, I'm going to ask you to be honest here. What does a win look like? Like, are you getting the Nobel Award soon? Or what is a <laughs> what does a win look like from the Home Diagnosis TV series? Ooh, you know, it's it's funny. Somebody somebody put us on a phone call with the MacArthur people. 
Mm. And uh, that would be amazing. But the MacArthur people were like, you're so cool. You don't fit this at all. Oh. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I don't know what a win actually Honestly, looks like. I think Financial gain for the family. Sorry, Corbett, I didn't interrupt you. No, that's okay. We're not really worried. Both of our goals with money is to not think about it. Yeah. Um, so we don't we don't have dreams of wanting to like invest or craft our mutual fund portfolio or something like that. Like I don't. I, my whole thing is I don't. I don't even want to have it be part of my brain. Um, so we're winning. Like we've been winning yeah. since we. Um, started our company Since you and met like, and got married Since exactly yeah and, and i think that's married. the main thing is that yeah. like you know she she's the crazy one between the two of us she's always like oh we should do this and then it's like generally me and then now that we work with my dad on building these houses would be like mm, no that's not going to work <laughs> and she'd be like mm, i think it will well. and then she'll win eventually <laughs> so now I, yeah we we have three gorgeous funny smart trying spirited wonderful children that are healthy we have a home, we have land that we own. How amazing is that? I mean, we, it, th- there's the whole joke. I feel like when I see these people saying we are the 99%, like globally, we are all the 1%. Let's remember that we have so much. Anybody in America. You know, yeah. Compared to other so places. I think, I think a win for us is staying in a place of gratitude. It's not falling to the anxiety of we're not doing enough because we are very, hard mm-hmm, on ourselves mm-hmm. i hear that and um not that you're hard on yourselves but i i, I resonate with what you're saying right mm-hmm. right are we not doing enough is is a yeah, is a frustration yeah. um but i think ultimately mm-hmm. I, we do not um if we were to get an award and I, I i i like you know just how you have these little daydreams for yourself when you think of what you're going to say i it, it's <laughs> way too late Anybody who gives awards to people who have already done things like what we ha- have done to uh, we get the satisfaction of having done it. Like we've made our own cred, and I don't want and I I want the awards that people are giving out at conferences or whatever to go to the people who have not already carved their own path, who are trying to do something, and everybody's telling them that it's not. Like we're already cool. People give us money to make the show. Yeah. That's when I ask, all I have to do is ask them like, Hey, can I have this money? And they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Um, that those are not the people you should be giving awards to the people you should be giving awards to are the people who are like trying to write a book right now and nobody is paying attention to them or, you know, have a blog that has a hundred entries and, you know, three subscribers or something like that. Those are the people <laughs> who really need support and encouragement at this point. So, right. The writing the book, I thought you were talking about Alison Bales for a minute there, but his blog has a lot more than a hundred <laughs> subscribers. He's there with you in Atlanta so i I think i'd kind of like to to pivot and start to kind of close out but we're not at the end don't worry worry, audience um but thinking a little bit more about like um where you're taking the show and from remembering this is the building science podcast this is not like the just the history of building science tv show podcast um so like technical themes, things you would like to say to architects, things you might like to say to builders, things you might like to say to homeowners. Yeah. Well, let me say this, because there's a shout out that I give in, in a, my builder show um, video that I just put out of the, the highs and lows from that. There's a guy who's not far from you who we're going to be spending some time filming his his houses because he is a he's building spec homes in the middle of Texas for normal amounts of money. And he is killing it. He has, 
I mean, it's just like finding the subcontractors who can do what he's doing, but he's, he's able to deliver it to a, a normal person for a price. Um, if there's one thing that we could say to architects and anybody is like, we got to stop building these million dollar mansions. No offense, Christoph, because <laughs> um, I know your that client base is like, right. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I'm just saying like we, the people who rent in multifamily, you know, we were doing this COVID uh, panel early, like in, in March of 2020, when it was first it was exploding. And um, we spent like the entire day talking about people with single family homes. And it was like, what is wrong with us? Like most people in the world do not live that way. And we got to stop thinking about that. So like giving more college educated, um, you know, upper middle class people ventilation, like ERV, getting them from a supply only ventilation to an ERV is completely beside the point. We have to get healthy air to all children. If mm -hmm. we're going to save this country, which it may be too late, <laughs> I mean, this is not a political <laughs> podcast either, but like, um, but we, we you know, we've got to like take the, the bulk of people seriously. We've got to get more automation involved. Mm -hmm. Things like kitchen exhaust hoods that turn themselves on right. is the only way this is going to work. They have um, them in Europe. Right. They have them here now too. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's in, that's in my, my reading. Well, I mean, code in Europe. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a whole, you know, let's not get into Putting that. the bath fan just even in the right place too has yep. been a challenge. Mm -hmm. So, so I think, yeah, we'll, we'll continue bringing attention to those details as we move through future episodes um, and seasons. But as far as where we want to take the show, we're season three is already in stone. It's called accidents happen and we're going to explore disasters and not just the typical disasters that you think of, but ones that you create in your own home. We basically spend one episode talking about natural disasters. And then on the next one, we flip to things that people do to houses on purpose that don't work the way that they think that they right. should. Sometimes destroying their million dollar home before they've even moved into it. Whew. Yeah. Which is also just right up the street from you. Yeah. Moisture um, control. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's going to be season three, season four, season five, season six, uh, season 13. I'm not totally at, sure. At some point, we're <laughs> going to get enough money together to go on a world tour like, yeah. to see how home, the science of homes works in Mongolia, in India, in Iran, you know, like all these places where, I mean, wouldn't it be fascinating to see how people stay comfortable or dehumidify yeah. or keep their clothes from getting moths in them even, you know what I mean? In like places where you live in the jungle or in the desert and um, what they deal with, you know, like cobras getting into your house. Is right. that, I mean. Yeah. Mosquitoes are not your problem. At, at Scorpions some point, are. Yeah. When like. you start enclosing the house and you have actual doors and windows with glass in them, um, the way that people's paths would diverge at that point, I think is really interesting. And I don't think that they would all follow a European American model. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Those ecosystems in terms of idea flow are, are actually probably going the, the wrong direction, right? We should go to those cultures that have historically used low uh, upfront carbon, embodied carbon materials and say, how can we learn from what you're doing? But instead, what's happening in the Philippines and Pakistan, we, we have some clients there, they are using CMU and they're using uninsulated CMU. So they're like, they're learning from us. And frankly, what they're learning from, it's terrible to say, but they're learning from how we built buildings when we occupied, or at least when we had military bases hmm. in their countries. They're like, did you see what they did? They used these CMU blocks. Let's buy some of those. As though it's like, that's the, you know, the, the end all be way. all. <laughs> yeah. We really need to learn from them. 
So I heard you say ventilation, air quality, that's a theme you've hit. Humidity control, that's a theme you're hitting. I'm trying to think like the things you're saying. I mean, I think um, ultimately things like, you know, something as simple as radon, which everybody's like, uh, do I have to talk about that? The, if, the, if you only know one thing about radon, it should be that the map that everybody refers to about radon and whether it applies to your county is 30 years old. It has not been updated since 1993. It's stupid. No one should ever look at that map because houses are different now than they were then. And I know we all think that 1993 was just five years ago, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> so, you know, like there's so many things that we should be, if we, a goal, ultimately, Grace and I, bottom line, testing. If you testing. are not testing, testing you testing. have no clue about anything. Right. Um, if you're listening to the show and you do own, you own no test equipment, you are not in performance tuned buildings you are or you're not hiring money. someone who has testing equipment you, yeah right. you gotta have that's the man with the whole bunch of blower doors and duck blasters right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the metrics the numbers people understanding that we understand our blood pressure why do we not understand our blower door number here here yes so I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you that, that and, and frankly what you're talking about there is like using language using ideas as a technology to change behavior right so absolutely um, okay, so I guess sort of the last thought is, um, do you have a sense of your future? I mean, it sounds like you don't. You've already answered that. You're just... Well, I think one of the things that, you know, this um, not being afraid to fail thing is that Grace and I always, or maybe it's more me, I, I really enjoy being able to quit something. So I'm always just reminding myself that if this doesn't work, I am perfectly happy to quit and go do something else. Yeah, um, I've tried it before with building science. Actually, I, I decided to stop doing it, and I just started making up rates that were like way higher than what I had, just to try and get people to leave me alone, go away. And they were like, "Oh my gosh, we we have to hire you now. You must be even more. You must be amazing." Mm -hmm. um, and so that was like, "Oh, okay, I could do this for a living and not um, hate myself." But um, but yeah, I think that it's important that we own the content for through PBS. We are not mm -hmm. going to try and get this on HGTV because we would not own it at that point. We can't right. say exactly what's going to be in the show. Nice. You know, we script everything. Yeah. I edit it. You know, we, we don't put our kids doing, having fights or. <laughs> We're not know, going whatever. down that, that the drama producer <laughs> yeah. route. Reality TV. Exactly. Colors of carpets or whatever. Yeah. So, so we'll keep on that train because a, it's a train we like to be on and, and B, I think it's one that people connect with. They, yeah. they like that we're relatable, that we're honest about things and we're not into the drama. Um, I think kind of we're over that. We've frankly had that for the last 30 years. So I, I think also for our future, I mean, we've had a huge pivot in the last five years, which is that we had three children. Yeah. And we really only have those children for 18 years. You know, I mean, one, she's only going to be here for 13 more years. And Whereas I like to think that that's a long time, I am being constantly told it goes by so fast, it goes by so fast, it goes yeah. by so fast. And I want to really be present for that. So working uh, less is definitely on our list. And also we, we've committed, um, you know, six years ago, I, I uh, got my assistant, John Bergman, hired away to a big engineering firm. And now he does amazing things with them on commercial buildings. And I swore to myself, I'd never have another employee as long as I lived because he was amazing <laughs> and I could never replace him. So we're not, you know, we have our, this is our house. We built it. 
I work out of this. Grace works out of this. Yeah. We don't want to have any employees or anything like that. So we're trying to like pare down our expenses right. so that we can work and, just the amount that we want to. Yeah. And, and if we can continue to use the show to take us interesting places, especially with our family, like we're going to film in California and um, up in northern uh, New York and over into Canada too this summer. And we're taking our kids. And my little brother is a school teacher. He's got the summer off. And so we're taking him and his family and their little baby daughter too. And that's going to be so awesome. That's so awesome. And like, if we worked for GE, would I, would they be okay with that to take our whole family to go do those things? No, they probably wouldn't. So I think if we can keep that train going where our family comes first and home diagnosis helps support it all, then that's a good train to be on. We'll stay on it for as long as possible. Well said. Well said. Yeah, I can hear it. You, you've started with building science and you're expanding outward into the different systems, including your value preference system, right? And you're, you're longing to make the world reflect the life that you want. I think it's awesome. Uh, I'll give you guys the final word. Anything? Any comments? Testing is the, you got to test. Test, 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 yep. test, test. And you got to watch the show, all 13 episodes. Um, yeah. You can you can binge the entire thing on the front page of our website, which is homediagnosis.tv. Yes, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel there so you can stay up on that. Um, and also so you can stay behind the scenes as we start filming season three. Oh, yeah. And Science Advisory Boardwise, if you want to join the Patreon membership for as little as five bucks a month, that's where you could be actually involved in the crafting because we, that's kind of our secondary, mm-hmm. non-professional, more layperson um, uh, echo chamber sounding board. Yeah, we literally show them edits. We, we Interesting. Yeah, every two weeks we hang out, even sometimes if it's just like us crashing on the couch and checking in with everybody. Uh, we, we really do that uh, with all of our Patreon members. And it's a small crowd, but an awesome one and really helps keep us going again in the weirdly lonely world of being a content creator. I'm with you. I know you got to be creative with financial models. Uh, yes. Talk about that in the building science field. And in addition to watching it on YouTube, please do ask your public television station to air us because we are on PBS stations Yay. nationwide. Yeah, it's airing there in Austin. Uh, it started on January 31st, actually. No, oh, fantastic. I will watch it. Well, Grace Corbett, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, your idea, your passion, and your intelligence. And Absolutely. thank you all for listening. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Okay. Bye, everybody. Talk to you next time.